Mm-hmm. And so it sort of forced me to become more comfortable with myself because you're forced to be really vulnerable in front of other people. You start shedding and finding these new layers of yourself. So um, for me, it, it like it changed the way I interact with people, the way I communicated. It changed my level of confidence. Um, and, you know, other people have told me too, you know, we noticed shifts in you since started doing improv and then kind of that continued to build once I started doing yoga and meditation. So, Are you ready to upgrade your health to a new level and do so by learning from experts in the field of lifestyle medicine and plant-based nutrition? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Plant-Based DFW Podcast Weekly Show. We are your hosts, Dr. Rizwan Bukhari and Maya Acosta. Every week, we will feature guests who are either physicians, dietitians, health coaches, or chefs who will tell us about their journeys towards becoming plant-based and how they have helped others. And as you dive into the episodes, never forget, the more you implement these healthy lifestyle changes, the more you will upgrade your health. Welcome back to another episode of the Plant-Based DFW Podcast Show. Today, we have Danielle D'Souza, who is a yoga and meditation teacher based out of Oakville, Ontario, which is next to Toronto. She specializes in gentle and restorative yoga. And in this episode, we learn about her background in improv work and how meditation and yoga has empowered her to express herself more creatively. We also learn her story of how she became plant-based. This year, as a result of the pandemic, she created her podcast called Release and Restore Guided Meditations. We talk about her upcoming virtual retreat on December 20th. This time of the year can be stressful, busy, and for some even lonely. So I'm glad that Danielle is here to remind us about the benefits of having a yoga and meditation practice. During the last 10 minutes of this episode, Danielle will guide us through meditation. Make sure to visit her podcast for meditations and visit her website, www.yesandyoga.com to sign up for her retreat and to visit her blog. I will see you at the retreat and restore a virtual yoga and meditation retreat on December 20th. I hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, Danielle. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be on this podcast for a couple of reasons. I mean, first, because I I myself live a plant-based lifestyle and, you know, the same way that we need to nurture our bodies physically. I think meditation, yoga, mindfulness are great tools to nurture our minds as well. I'm really excited to share that. Like you just said, we don't just necessarily cover food. We know that lifestyle, how we perceive life, how we manage stress can affect us greatly. And so I'm so excited that you're here um, to talk to us about your own journey um, and what meditation has done for you. But also you'll give us a short little uh, guided meditation towards the end of the uh, conversation, right? Yes, yes, wow. excited to share that as well. Let's start from the beginning, Danielle. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I know that you have two separate stories on how you went plant-based and also um, how you got started on meditation. So feel free to tell us either one first. Sure. So um, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. I'm currently based out of Oakville, Ontario, which is close to Toronto. Um, right now, I'm specializing in gentle yoga and restorative yoga, as well as meditation, just because I found those have been really transformative practices for me and things that we really need today in this modern world where everything is so fast paced, it's just nice to be able to slow down. So I do teach other types of yoga as well. But those are the ones that kind of have been at the forefront uh, for me lately. Um, in terms of my journey with yoga and mindfulness, it actually started in a 
um, a different place. It didn't necessarily start on a yoga mat. It started um, in an acting situation. Um, I was actually in a musical um, production. And um, after I did the musical production, I found it really pushed me to a new edge to explore um, myself creatively. And so I started to do improv classes. Um, and being in improv classes was really where I found that present moment. You know, being in that situation, you have to be there. You have to listen to others. You have to be able to say yes and to whatever suggestions they make. And, you know, you're a little bit silly, you're free. And it really it opened up new doors for me. Um, and so during that time, I had also been practicing yoga. But in terms of meditation, I actually found it hard to connect with meditation and I think maybe for a reason that a lot of people find challenges with it, because we're in a world where we're so stimulated, we're always watching something or listening to something or doing many different things at the same time. So when we're left to this space of quiet, our minds just race with thoughts. And we don't want to be in that space because it's uncomfortable and it's sticky. But, you know, that's where the real work happens. Um, and so with improv and kind of learning to be in the present moment in my own practice, I, you know, found I was suddenly able to tap into that space of being in the present moment of just sitting with my thoughts and acknowledging them as just passing experiences and being able to start to process all of these um, ideas and stories that were driving my life in a direction that wasn't necessarily what was really meant for me. And so being able to find that shift in, in a class I did, which started with movement. And, um, you know, even in my gentle classes, I usually like to start with a bit of movement because movement gets you unstuck. It gets that energy flowing through you um, so that when you sit in meditation, that contrast between the movement and the meditation you really feel this deeper space of, of peace. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to tap into that and sort of unlock something for myself. And, and once I found that, I really just, I wanted to share it with others. And so I pursued my yoga teacher training coming from that lens of meditation of wanting to be able to help people unlock this power that was within them that I, you know, was so life changing for me. Um, and so I did my, my yoga teacher training and after I finished that training and, you know, that's where I really started to develop a more regular and consistent meditation practice. Um, and once I finished the teacher training, um, I wanted to actually teach yoga at my workplace, but there wasn't space for it. And so I started a weekly in-person 15 minute meditation uh, I didn't know who would show up. I was like, maybe no one will come, but I might as well just put it out there. And people slowly started coming to it. Um, and it was just kind of the highlight of the week for me. And then when COVID happened, I, I wanted to allow them to continue their meditation practice, but also writing the meditations was, you know, an out creative outlet for me too. So really it, it served two purposes. If other people were finding that space within themselves and I was able to express myself creatively, it just seemed like the perfect thing to do. And eventually, um, I was like, you know what, why not offer this to more people? So that's kind of where the podcast happened. And it's just sort of there's now 29 meditations on the podcast. And it's kind of been a, a crazy journey to get there. But I'm 
so happy to share this um, information and these tools with people because I really think it's something that we need. I listened to your latest podcast meditation and it while I was preparing for us to have this conversation and it was just so soothing. And sometimes, um, you know, you, you probably hear this a lot from your students that we have a hard time meditating in general. Um, if we can kind of go back, I'm curious, you mentioned that you started offering uh, short meditation at work. Uh, what line of work are you in? I'm an engineer. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, it's something completely different. Um, and you know, to be honest, when I was younger, I always loved the arts. Like I sing, I, like I told you, I was in a, a musical theater performance. Um, I did some singing performances throughout um, throughout my youth. I was in a musical improv troupe. Um, and really like performance and creativity is what I find I'm finally able to really unlock through these practices. But yeah, engineering is... <laughs> What I studied in school, I work as an engineer. And so um, it's been great to be able to share that with people and also to let people learn a little bit more about me because, you know, normally we, um, I always found it strange that when we meet people, we introduce ourselves and we talk about our job, but our job and our, you know, profession isn't everything about us. So now when I meet people, I like to ask, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, oh. where you really get to the heart of of who someone is and what joy and, and where you can really form those those connections. I remember meeting someone many years ago that struck me because of that same similar question, which was, what puts a smile on your face? So you went from really participating in improv and then discovering that meditation helped you and then to teaching people and now you're offering all of this um uh, guided meditation online. By the way, your website is called Yes and Yoga. It's Yes and Yoga. And it's funny because I, I've been looking through my website and my offerings lately and trying to think about how I will refresh them for the new year. And one of the things I realized I, I never really explained was why I called my website Yes and Yoga. And that comes back to the improv because one of the foundational principles of improv is yes and you take the idea that someone else gives you and you add on to it. Oh, look at that. And so my my goal, my ultimate goal is really to bridge the worlds of improv and yoga because I think there's really some power there to allowing people to express themselves creatively, to move, to meditate, to kind of just explore all of these aspects that we we don't get the chance to explore because we're so busy with everything else that's happening in our lives. Yes, I agree. And you know, I'm a little familiar with improv work. Um, I, you know, took a series of classes, communication classes, because English was my second language initially, and it really helped me to just jump in and and feel comfortable speaking with people. But um, I think it was either it might have been in high school when I joined a, a group and we did improv. And I remember how nervous I felt. And yet it really forces you to be present. Like you said, you have to be very aware of what the other person is saying and, and sort of anticipate where they're going. And so I can see how yoga would help as well. Um, for me, a big part of improv was letting go. I feel like my whole life, I've been such a perfectionist about planning things and, you know, sticking to the script and doing things in a certain way. And with improv, I just I couldn't do that because you're making everything up on the spot. 
Mm-hmm. And so it sort of forced me to become more comfortable with myself because you're forced to be really vulnerable in front of other people and you start shedding and finding these new layers of yourself. So um, for me, it, it like it changed the way I interacted with people, the way I communicated, it changed my level of confidence. Um, and, you know, other people have told me too, you know, we noticed shifts in you since started doing improv and then kind of that continued to build once I started doing yoga and meditation. So it's, it's really nice to, to notice the shifts myself, but also to see that, that those shifts are, you know, translating outward too. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I've had uh, my share of friends that are in the engineering field, and they're very left brain, very analytical, very detailed. And then everything else you're talking about, uh, with the improv and meditation and yoga and the allowing of the energy, it seems very right brain. What led you initially to even want to do improv in the first place to kind of because you really do put yourself out there. It's like coming out. <laughs> if you're an introvert, it's like you're just coming out to the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. You know, I growing up, I sang a lot. And that was something I wanted to pursue. Um, but I sort of just kept it as a hobby in the back, but it was always this hobby that poked at me that I took any opportunity I could to perform. So I used to do open mic nights. Um, and then I told you when I I did that musical, um, theater show, uh, it sort of, I, I realized how far behind I was because I, you're right. I had been in such this left brain world that I wasn't able to just kind of show up and be there in the moment for that. And so I said, you know what, I want to start taking more acting classes because I want to, like, I want to build this skill for myself. So I started taking the acting classes at Second City. And I did the first level class. And then the second level class just didn't fit in my schedule with work. So I had never imagined I would ever take an improv class. Um, But I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try it. Worst case, I don't like it. I can just not go. And I'm telling you that first class I went to, I've never laughed so much. Um, Every day, like it was just, it was the highlight of my week. It was three hours where you're just silly. Like you feel like a kid again. And you know that everyone there is just wants the the same thing. Like everyone wants you to succeed. And after that, I sort of just became addicted to improv and was taking so many different um, courses. I enjoyed the community. I enjoyed the activities. And like I said, it just, it helped me find things within myself that I didn't even realize were waiting to be found. I'm so excited that you're on with us and you're talking about this because we're right now it's December. Um, You know, it's the first holiday for many, many people that they'll be spending with our loved ones. Um, We've had the stress all year of having to cope with, you know, the pandemic. And so you're encouraging us to kind of just be present and to kind of help reduce some of that stress that we're dealing with right now. Um, just even hearing you speak is calming me as well. So can we talk a little bit more about meditation? There's two parts to that. So there's restorative yoga, and then there's meditation. Normally, um, I infuse meditations into the restorative yoga classes, because it is um, a lot calmer, and, and you're in poses for a long time compared to traditional other types of yoga classes. So it's really all about um, just allowing the body to relax. And traditionally, it was designed for people to who had injuries and weren't able to do 
regular yoga practices to still access the same poses and the same benefits, but without, so you use bolsters and I wish I, I wish I had them with me right now to show you, but you use bolsters and which are kind of like big, thick pillows and blankets and things like that, just to get you really comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so you get into poses and the idea is that you're in these poses for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, to really allow your body physically to become still so that then you can tap into the mind becoming still. Mm-hmm. And we do this in order to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system to allow us to rest and digest and move away from that sympathetic, you know, stressful fight or flight state of the nervous system that we're in a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's really a practice to restore <laughs> the name restorative yoga Um, and it's, it's a really great practice for that anyone can do. There's so many modifications and the best thing about the practice is you really are building the poses up to the person's body. So, you know, one person might use less props than another, um, but it really allows you just to, you want to be comfortable. So you might get into a pose and there's always something you can do to make it a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since you're in those postures for such a long period of time, normally you can get into that meditative state um, because you can really like you're there for sometimes 15 minutes in a pose. And so normally in my classes, I'll, I'll guide people through meditations. Um, and maybe this is a good segue to to talk about different types of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are different, um, you know, the purpose of meditation is, is to find that one pointed focus so that we can let our thoughts fall away and, and drop into that space between the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes in those meditations, in those classes, um, you know, we do breath work. So we focus on breathing in a particular way. Um, we might focus on a visualization. So I might guide you through some imagery to help you focus in on that imagery. Um, We might just be focusing on, you know, embracing the thoughts that come up and letting them go. And like often I'll use, um, you know, the visual of a wave to allow you to to do that. Um, Sometimes we'll use mantras. Um, So I normally use modern mantras, which are affirmations. So statements that really reinforce things that are already within you. And so we use that to kind of get into that focus so that you can let those thoughts fall away. Um, so that's kind of how the two are, are blended in that practice. Those sorts of meditations are the ones that I can comfortably do. And you probably hear this a lot, but sitting quietly and, and without moving and not being guided is very difficult. But the breath work, I really like doing the mantras. And, and you'll probably talk a little bit about this before you do the meditation with us. But in your last meditation, you had us say, I love you, I forgive you. What is that about? So that's actually an, uh, like a Hawaiian prayer called the Ho'oponopono mantra. And I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but it's essentially just a way to um, sort of process all of those different facets of love. So, you know, in terms of, so I, I had recently done a class on the heart chakra, Mm-hmm. Um, which is related to love and compassion. And, and a big piece that gets missed in terms of love is forgiveness. So just forgiving yourself, forgiving others. Um, I really like to infuse that mantra into practices because 
it encourages you to forgive yourself, but also to forgive others to, you know, mm. be able to acknowledge that to others, but also to ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why just often do we actually sit down and tell ourselves that we love ourselves but often enough. And, you know, um, the relationship we have with ourselves is the one relationship we have never spend enough time working on that relationship. And so with meditation, when we're in this place of stillness, it's a really great way to plant those seeds or those thoughts. You know, we, the brain is neuroplastic. We can rewrite our thought patterns. So saying these mantras are ways to rewrite those stories that we're telling ourselves that we're not good enough, that we can't do something. Um, it's reaffirming these, these thought patterns that normally we develop from childhood. Um, and just really allowing us to step into a place of confidence to kind of accept things that have happened and not, not let those be barriers, but building blocks to allowing us to move forward. It's beautiful. And, and at the same time, uh, reciting that mantra uh, during the meditation, that may be the only time we ourselves hear someone say, I love you. I'm curious to know if, uh, because you you can socially distance if you have enough space, are you still able to see people in person or are you uh, have you moved fully to the online classes? There are some studios that are still open with distancing. The studios that I teach in have kind of just been told, no, they can't open. So right now we've just been doing it um, online, but I did teach an in-person class just a week ago and it's really lovely to have that in-person energy, but I think that community created through meditation, we can still have it online because, you know, you close your eyes, you know that there are other people meditating with you, you know, you're all directing your thoughts towards something that's beneficial for all of you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's still equally powerful, even though it's done online. Right. You know, uh, one experience that I had online uh, this year, but I experienced in person in Hawaii was forest bathing, which you're probably familiar with. I went and experienced a four hour forest bathing session in Oahu. And this year, she went and offered the forest bathing online. So we all got on zoom. She asked us to find a place in nature, or if we couldn't get out to just have a flower or, or look at a tree and guided us through that entire meditation. It was shorter, it was about an hour and a half, but it, it brought me back to being present because for me, nature uh, helps me a lot. But yeah, so I can see how, like you're saying, offering a meditative type class on Zoom is still beneficial for people because you're still feeling connected. Um, I totally agree with you in terms of, of nature. And if you listen to um, the meditations on the podcast, you'll notice I use nature visualizations and references a lot because it is really you know we can't always be outside or people don't have, always have access to be able to be in a forest it's just a great way to reconnect to you know our roots to reconnect to the earth it's always something that's that's good for us to to do to to connect to something that's higher than just ourselves Right. And Danielle, can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast? You did mention that you started it this year. You have 29 episodes, and it's called Release and Restore Guided Meditations. What sort of feedback are you receiving from your listeners? 
I've been receiving really great feedback from listeners. You know, it's, it's nice when I send that out to have people reply and think, Oh, I really love this episode. Um, and just, you know, the fact that some I've, I've had friends reach out that I hadn't talked to in years and said, Oh, I listened to your podcast. And like, you know, you have a new listener. And so that's been the support has been really great. And it, it's nice to, you know, my goal with this is to be able to allow people to have that consistent meditation practice, um, but also to allow people who maybe haven't experienced meditation to find, you know, to see that meditation doesn't just have to be, you know, sitting on a floor completely still and quiet, that there are other ways to, to work your way up to that. Um, and really, um, you know, traditionally, meditation was the tool to reach enlightenment. But in modern day, meditation is a really great stress releasing tool. You know, there, there's two types. There's meditation that you practice prescriptively. I think prescriptively, it's in a stressful time. You want to alleviate that stress, so you practice it. And preventatively, with a regular meditation practice, when you find yourself in those challenging times, you're able to respond better. You're kind of just equipped and ready. It's like having all of the tools in your tool belt and being able to just know what you need in that moment. You're offering guided meditation. So that makes it a little bit easier. So they don't have to really do anything on their own. You're guiding them. What kind of transformation could they receive if they stick with a practice like this? I can't speak to what other people would, um, would happen for them because everyone's going to be unique. But I can, can speak to what I've experienced myself through this practice. And it's really like I said, allowed me to be more responsive rather than reactive when challenging situations come up. It's allowed me to, you know, have tools for dealing with stress, um, really appreciating the, the breath, my own breath, um, connecting to myself more. Um, it's, you know, it's meditation said to be great for memory, for learning, for clarity. Um, I just, you know, I find when I meditate in the mornings, I just, my whole day is different than if I, you know, if one day I'm not able to meditate in the morning, it's, it, it feels like a different day because, and especially when you meditate in the morning, it just sort of sets the scene for the rest of the day. Um, so, you know, st stress release, um, being able to be more focused, to have clearer thoughts, to, to have your interactions with others, like, you, you feel more connection with them. There's just, there's so many benefits. Um, but I think, I think it's great to go into the practice, not necessarily sitting there waiting for the benefits to come to, to just go into the practice with, you know, knowing that, okay, the breath work is going to help me tap into my parasympathetic nervous system, which is going to help me release stress. And I just want to be here and be present in this practice. So this is this one moment where I can find some peace and then just, you know, enjoy all of the other benefits that come along with it. And I saw that you also work with children. Um, has Have you done that recently as well, like kids yoga? That's actually, a, it's a funny story because I, I did my kids yoga teacher training earlier this year in January. And I was actually supposed to start teaching a kids yoga class with a clinic in March and then COVID hit. So I did a couple of online family yoga classes, um, but I haven't actually been able to teach to kids um, in person. But one of the things that I realized when I started learning about kids yoga is it's, it's not different than improv. 
a lot of the kids yoga tools meant to bring them into the present moment are improv games. They're, they're games meant to ignite their creativity to allow them to play, to allow them to, um, you know, learn how to cope with, with challenging situations. So I, I, I thought that, you know, even if I don't get to, to teach kids maybe over the next couple of months until we can regroup in person again, um, that that idea of improv and yoga is still something that um, works for kids and for for adults as well. So, and maybe even children are probably more present anyway when they play and allow themselves just to be. They're probably more likely to be that way to to naturally be present than the rest of us who are always you know, wondering or thinking about what we have to do next. I have a sister who uh, is a school teacher, and she was recently telling me we met up at um, an event that offered meditation and yoga. And she shared with the group that her particular class is now receiving meditation. There's someone that comes in and guides the class for about 15 minutes early in the day. And so she's noticed a tremendous change in the way that the children behave, their demeanor, um, how they're learning, how they're working together has changed as a result. And so her school district is really trying to work a little more in, in terms of making that available for children. And I thought, wow, that's something that I would have never considered before. And so I, you know, it's nice that um, these ways of coping and, and managing um, are being made available to children as well. I think it's so powerful. And even, you know, like, for me, I feel like I found these tools later in my life. But I, you know, imagine how, how much they would transform your entire life if you learn them when you're young, and you grow with them. It allows you, you know, when, when we're young, those stories and those thought patterns get planted and created and they move with us into adulthood. So if we're able to, at the source, at the root of those stories being created, are able to find practices like yoga and meditation, um, then we can really make a positive impact for ourselves, but also, you know, in the world. So I, I'm, I'm so happy to see so many teachers and schools incorporating mindfulness um, into their their teaching. And, you yeah. know, there's, there's so many tools now. There's toys that are mindfulness-based. There's affirmation card decks that I see a lot, um, a lot of teachers using where the kids are repeating the affirmations to themselves. And, you know, that's really powerful that, that a child is saying those words to themselves that, you know, at least for me, I, I don't remember growing up saying those those things to myself. Yeah, same here. Um, before we move on to talking a little bit more of an, a retreat that you have um, coming up, would you like to share with us your story of how you became plant-based? Because I, I do want our listeners to know that you do, you have adopted the plant-based diet. And um, when did that happen? And how did that happen in the first place? Yeah, sure. So that's a little bit like I mentioned to you earlier, that's a little bit of a different story, but it's it, it all blends together um, and meets in a nice point. Um, so my husband now, when I met him, he was plant based. And at that time, I wasn't. Um, and that was also before I started uh, doing my yoga teacher training. Um, so initially, when I would meet with him, um, I wanted to sort of be respectful of his choice to be plant based. And so I would also eat plant based with him. Mm -hmm. And over time, I just sort of started feeling like the call to, to eat that way myself. Um, I just didn't want to eat 
meat anymore. Um, I found myself feeling more energized from eating, you know, more greens and more fruit and um, just being more connected to the food that I ate. And so eventually I just, it, it sort of gradually just happened that I transitioned to a plant-based diet. And then at that time too, as I was diving deeper into my yoga journey, um, it made sense to me that, you know, that we would eat plant-based because of the energy that's in food that's plant-based and, you know, um, uh, also related to some of the different, like, you know, in, in, in yoga, we have the, the yamas and the yamas and the first yama is ahimsa. So, you know, non-harming in the way that we're, we're getting the food that we eat. Um, and so, yeah, like there's so many nice synergies between that plant-based diet um, and yoga. And also personally for me, I just, I feel different in my, my body eating this way. Um, I used to have digestive issues before, and I found that that's alleviated the digestive issues. Um, and so it's just, it, it's been nice because I just, I just feel better in my body. And, you know, I don't, I don't miss eating the way that I used to eat. So it just, it felt, it felt like a good fit for me because I know sometimes when you try to put yourself into something, like if I just decided, oh, okay, I'm just going to be plant-based because my husband's plant-based, then I would be missing eating those other foods. And so while I'm physically not eating them, my thoughts are there. So am I really being authentic in the way that I'm living my life? But um, I truly feel that, you know, I don't miss those things. Um, and so it feels authentic to me. And for me, that's, that's a really important piece about the way that I, I live my life. I want to, you know, share things authentically and also just like live that way too. So I see the connection now as well, um, because I love nature, of how Earth, Mother Earth just really provides for us, not only the foods, but the restorative aspect of it, the energy, the feeling fulfilled and connected when we take the time to be present. <laughs> Today is the full moon. And you talk about the power of yoga and meditation when you're practicing during a full moon. There are synergies between like the lunar cycles um, and meditation and our bodies. Um, and I'm not, that's not an area where I'm necessarily say I've developed an expertise. It's definitely an area where I'm interested to continue learning. Um, but there are, are definitely synergies between that. You know, we were talking earlier about that energy of the full moon and how we just find shifts in, in our bodies. And even for women, like menstrual cycles, sometimes align with the full moons, or we can find more balance when we align them with the full moons. Um, so just really tapping into, like you said, that energy of the universe through the earth, but also through the sun and the moon um, and those different cycles. I feel the most alive and the most um, grounded on a full moon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the full moon is does represent those manifesting energies. So those intentions that you set at the new moon or even earlier in the year just you know, that power for them to actually come into being because of that energy that you're feeling. So so now you have a retreat coming up December 20th. I would love to hear more about it. And if you could tell our listeners how they can sign up for that if they're interested. Sure. So um, the retreat is going to be a blend of sort of all the things that we've talked about today. Um, so there's going to be some meditation, 
There's going to be gentle yoga as well as restorative yoga um, and a just short mini workshop on self-care because I really think that that's an important piece that we need to be able to carve out the time for and whether that's five minutes or an hour, just being able to, you know, know what our go-to self-care is so that we have it ready and accessible, just like we talked about having the tools and the tool belt and being able to access them when you need them. Um, and so as part of these um, retreats, I really want to keep it as interactive as possible. And so I would like there also to be time for people to, you know, discuss. And so the retreat will start with an opening circle um, where you get to know the people that you're in this retreat with, even though we can't be together physically, I still believe that we can share our energies. Um, and so an opening circle in meditation, and then we'll move through a gentle yoga class just to, like I said, to get that energy flowing to any sticky areas to get them moving. Um, and then we will move through our self-care workshop. After that, we will move into a restorative yoga class. Um, and I like the restorative coming at the end because it really allows you to just absorb everything you know we're sort of done all of the the doing in the workshop and now is your time to just sit and and receive mm -hmm. and um after the restorative class we'll just end with a, a closing circle and a meditation just to to round everything out um and it, it's going to be pay what you can i really want to make this retreat accessible to anyone that feels the call to participate in it and all of the funds that are raised through the retreat go right back into the podcast into hosting fees and into new music. Um, because one of the feed, uh, things that I have heard from listeners is um, the, they really love the music. And so it would be great for me to be able to buy a couple of more songs so that I can diversify that um, in the new episodes in the new year. And if, if people would like to sign up for that, they can go to www.yesandyoga.com slash events. And all of the details are available there. Wonderful. And I'll make sure to include a link as well. But it is true, we never talk about it, um, that there are some costs involved with running a podcast. Um, everything from the equipment to the editing and if you outsource any of the work um, to publishing it and sharing it uh, and to even if you have a website that hosts your podcast or you use other services there is a fee every month to run a podcast so your retreat will help kind of bring that back because um, you mentioned in your last podcast that in your last episode that that is a way that you avoid having um sort of like sponsors or commercials or advertising on your podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it, it's a challenging thing to run because like you said, you want to deliver the content, but most of the time people do need sponsors to cover the costs that are associated with hosting the podcast. And so, you know, being able to run a retreat and offer something to people so that I can put it back into continuing to offer things for them. Just, you know, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to offer things people um, and if that can kind of come back and go back into the podcast and that's that's great yes definitely and I want to encourage our listeners to go and find her podcast it's called release and restore guided meditations and start from the beginning because you now have 29 episodes and this is a great time to to listen and and kind of come back to ground yourself a little bit because it's hectic it's December 
a lot of things are happening. Um, many people won't travel, many, many people will, but we won't connect as much with our families. So this is a wonderful way. And if you can, I, I'm going to sign up for your December 20th retreat. So I would love it if other people join me as well. And so I want to make sure that we don't forget anything before we move on to your guided meditation. I guess I'll just say one thing about the podcast episode. So um, as you mentioned, there are 29 episodes. So, you know, if, if you want to start, I would say you can even go just go through the different episode descriptions and see what resonates with you or even just the titles. I tried to name the titles of the episodes to really reflect what is going to happen in the meditation. Um, so there's a, a morning meditation to help energize you for the day. There's a meditation for restful sleep. There's a forest meditation where we sort of do a forest bathing, but in the in the meditation itself. Um, there's some shorter ones that I try to include, like meditation for finding focus. If you don't have as much time and you just want to try out a short practice, so. There's a, I've tried to include a lot of variety in there so people can really find something that resonates with them and start from there. And, and hopefully that um, gives you that little nudge to kind of keep exploring um, through the podcast, but through also your own meditation practice as well. And thank you for uh, for sharing that, because I really do think that uh, I, I enjoy your content, I enjoy the music and your voice as well. And so, you know, people choose who they want to listen to and uh, who, who will guide them. So I, I can definitely see how um, you would be very appealing to a lot of people. I was wondering also for 2021, do you have anything planned? I know we're still, things are still up in the air in terms of what will happen. When, will people gather? When can they start doing that? But do you have any other programs planned for 2021? So I'm actually, so part of the reason that I've, I, the last episode for the podcast this year aired last week. And part of that reason is so I can take time in December to just regroup, to see kind of which episodes people um, enjoyed and even reach out to people and just kind of see what, what they're looking for, because there's so many offerings out there. I want to really provide something that is providing value and, you know, in an area that people want to see offerings. So Right now, I'm in the process of sort of doing um, some research and, and figuring out what's next. So, you know, if, if people are listening to this podcast and there's something that you want to see, um, you can, there's a contact button on, on my website where you can, you know, send me your suggestions because really I'm, I'm looking to offer things that people want to see more of. So I'm still in the process of developing that, but I do have a newsletter that I send out um, bi-monthly, so two times a month. And in that newsletter, I usually will include um, all of my offerings. Wonderful. How can they sign up for your newsletter? So that's also on the website on www.yesandyoga.com. And just on the homepage itself, if you scroll to the very bottom, there's a, a newsletter tab where you can just put your name and your email address. Um, and you can sign up for that. And like I said, I, I'm, I really don't like to send out daily emails it's kind of as I have something to update people on and you know on the website I also have a blog um, because in my newsletters sometimes I'll have a feature article that I write so um, I've had articles about different yoga the use of different props or how to welcome in the new season and so I've all of those um, past highlights from newsletters are also on the website um, so they go up there as well. 
Wonderful. A lot of resources. So I did have one more question that I forgot to ask for your December 20th retreat. Um, Because you mentioned a couple of things that will take place. How long should people expect the retreat to go? And they'll need a computer probably to go into Zoom and then a yoga mat or a space, enough space to do yoga? A yoga mat is great. And because we're doing a restorative practice, Um, having two pillows and two blankets is also something that will help you be more comfortable in the poses. So, you know, any pillows you have, if you have cushions on your couch, if you have pillows on your bed, really, I want this, like I said, I want this practice to be accessible to people, which is why I don't use the the traditional studio props. So any blankets, any um, pillows that you have will work great. And we will make it work with those things. And is this like a two hour retreat? Or how long is it? So right now I have it set up for 10am to 1pm. So it's it's a three hour retreat. But that being said, I do plan on recording it and sending it out to people after. So if people are, you know, just want to come for the morning for the session until there's going to be a break after the self care workshop, um, then they can always join in for the first half and watch the recording later when they have a chance. Or, you know, the same thing with the other way around. If they want to just come for the restorative part, you can also just join in as you, um, for whichever portions appeal to you. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't want people to have to feel like they have to do things that they, they're not feeling like. So um, definitely just join in for whichever portions uh, resonate with you. Awesome. Well, you wanted to lead us into a guided meditation. So whenever you're ready. Okay, perfect. So um, to get into our meditation, I'm just going to ask everyone to come into a comfortable meditation seat. And you can either be sitting on your yoga mat, or if you're just sitting in a chair, or maybe you're even lying in bed listening to this, just finding a comfortable place. Um, If you're in a chair, I would recommend just bringing your feet down so that they're grounded into the earth. And you can bring your hands down to your lap with the palms facing down. And from here, just begin to soften the eyes. So maybe you close them or you bring them to a fixed point in the room that you're in. And just begin to draw your awareness inwards to your breath. Without trying to change anything just yet, just noticing the way that your breath is moving through you. And it's a busy time of the year. So let's take a moment to take three cleansing breaths together just to let you let go of anything that you're holding on to, any thoughts that might be pulling you away from this present moment. So we'll inhale through the nose. (sighs) Breathing out through the mouth. Let's do that two more times at a pace that feels good for you. Inhaling through the nose. (sighs) Exhaling out through the mouth. And one more time, inhaling through the nose. (sighs) Exhaling out through the mouth. And then just returning to your natural resting breath. Just noticing if anything's changed, even with just those few cleansing breaths.
And then just becoming aware of the connection between your breath and your physical body. As you inhale, just noticing the expansion that happens. And as you exhale, feeling everything draw back to center. Feeling that connection between your physical and energetic body. And from here, just gently beginning to scan the body. And we'll start with the tips of the toes. And as we move through each part of the body, just inviting it to release, sending your breath there. And as we scan through, if you notice any areas that are feeling a little extra sticky or tight today, maybe sending a deeper breath or a few extra breaths there. So we'll start with the feet. Moving up to the ankles. The shins and the calves. Moving up to the knees. Thighs. Quads. Becoming aware of the hips. Moving up to your low belly and your low back. Spending a few breaths here. This is normally the place where we feel our breath the most. allowing these breaths to allow you to digest to digest food thoughts feelings emotions anything that you need to process in this moment moving up to the mid back mid chest Upper chest and the upper back, shoulders, the upper arm, the lower arm, the hands. Maybe as you breathe into your hands, you feel some heat there. You feel some energy there. Just feeling the entire arms. Moving to the neck now. The jaw, the face, 
Maybe releasing any tension that you're holding between the brows. Maybe parting your lips here. Allowing that jaw to be a little more relaxed. And finally moving to the crown of the head. Just allowing any thoughts that arise for you to be acknowledged and then letting them go. And for the next few breaths, just becoming aware of your entire body. Coming back to that sensation of the breath and the body connecting. Feeling yourself expand with each inhale and center with each exhale. Continuing to keep your eyes closed here. Bringing some gentle movement into your fingertips. If it feels good for you, maybe bringing your hands on top of your heart, placing one on top of the other. And with this connection to your breath and your body, just taking three last breaths here of gratitude for this moment for this time that you spent in meditation. More importantly, expressing gratitude to yourself for all that you are and all that you are yet to be. And slowly beginning to open the eyes. coming back to the room that you're in. And thank you so much for meditating with me. I hope that this practice brought a little bit more ease into your day and a little more connection back to you. Thank you, Danielle. This was wonderful. Very much needed. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to share these practices, these teachings with as many people as I can. So I really appreciate you having me here and being able to share this with more people. Well, thank you for all that you're doing. I'll make sure that I include all the links in the show notes and, uh, you know, keep up this great work. Um, I hope a lot of people tune in and subscribe to your podcast. And uh, I meant to ask you, uh, do you have a YouTube channel? I don't have a YouTube channel yet, but it is okay. something that I'm, I'm working on. It's, like I said, one of those part of my reset for the new year is to think about how I can continue to broaden what I offer. And, you know, since I am doing those meditations weekly, I have also been thinking about doing them, you know, recording videos of, of the meditations while I record them. Um, but also, you know, just classes that I can offer to people so that they can access them at a time that works for them. So definitely something that I'm looking to create in the future. So 
something to keep an eye out for in my newsletters or on my website for sure. We'll also make sure that we include all of that so people can learn what um, what other activities or events you're working on. Um, thank you again so much, Danielle, for your time. Thank you so much. Been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.